the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. One Arizona Diamondback is trying to set a franchise record. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. Cody Fincher with me as well. It is the Ain't No Fang podcast. And of course, I'm speaking of Diamondbacks ace Zach Gallen. You may recall he's very he's good. He's very familiar. You may recall that he's good. He's very familiar with setting records. He did it right out of the gate. Remember, he set the MLB record oh, yeah. for the most starts to start a career with three or less earned runs. And That's now right. it's a scoreless inning streak, which currently sits at 41 and a third, only one inning shy of the franchise record set by Brandon Webb. That's incredible. I, for, I had forgotten about that. Was that in 2020? 2019, 2020, when uh, he did that the, three runs or less thing? Because he, he had started he had started, started games, in Miami. But he had started games in the major leagues there. Yeah. So that must have dated back to then, too. And then he came here at the 2019 trade deadline. Yeah, it was partially, like half of that record was in Miami and the other half was in Arizona. Whatever year he came over. Was that 2019? 2019 yeah, I believe so. Wow, that, that was really when, wasn't that, that long was, ago. That was the trade deadline where they... You know, they traded obviously their top prospect, Jazz Chisholm, to the uh, almost the Dolphins, to the Marlins. Might as well. I have football yeah. on my mind. Miami. I left Gabe Davis on my bench. I'm pissed off. Just leave they me have, alone. They have Dolphins in the outfield, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Uh, no, those are Marlins no, too. They're Angels in the outfield. Um, but uh, so they traded uh, Chisholm to the, almost said it again, the Marlins for Gallant. And then they, to the Miami and they, Heat. And then they got rid of Granky. Yeah, and send him to the Astros. So they were like, that was the the, the buying and the Hazen buy and sell at the ta- at the trade deadline. Classic. Um, but yeah, man, he's I had forgotten about that. Thank you for the reminder. I didn't. I, he's had a few, a few good stretches. He's on he's on a different level, dude. Like he he hasn't given up a run in his last six starts. That's nuts. And in his last seven starts, he he's six and zero. Oh, by the way. So he's actually factoring into decisions now, which is something he used to not be able to do because of the lack of offense. But he's in his last seven games, he's six and zero, an O five seven ERA, an O seven zero WHIP. He has struck out fifty one batters in forty seven innings. He's only given up twenty two hits. He's only walked eleven. That's he's on he's on a different level right now. Yeah, I feel like he can kind of get into those sort of grooves. I mean, there have been times where he's been injured and it's usually no fault of his own. Remember there was the freak hand thing from when he was hitting batting practice? Yeah. And then And then of course we got the DH the next year. There so. was something else too. Didn't he didn't he get hurt twice during batting practice or it's it was usually, swinging a bat or something? It's usually it was, not from pitching. Yeah, it was it was super weird. Yeah, thank God for the DH, right? I mean, <laughs> but he's also no more of that, please. Thank he's you. He's also not your typical type of ace, and what I mean by that is like he's not Jacob Degrom throwing a hundred miles with with ease, sure, hundred miles an hour. He's not Otani striking out two and a half guys per inning that he pitches. He's not that guy. He's going to have less strikeouts than innings pitched by the end of the season. That's my estimation. Um, he's not. He doesn't have overwhelming stuff. He doesn't throw particularly hard. He just gets outs. Yep. And that's what you need at the front of your rotation. And is a guy who who does it off of finesse and intelligence and knows how to pitch an at-bat and knows how to sequence pitches really well. Like, he's not... 
otherworldly gifted, in my opinion. But he's he is getting a decent amount of strikeouts, though, um, recently in this stretch. I mean, uh, just going back. So his last six starts, like I mentioned, um, he hasn't given up a run in his last six starts. Here are the strikeout numbers in those starts. Eight, six, 12, six, seven, seven. Like it's pretty good. I mean, he's getting a lot of swing. He's is. I feel like he is throwing a little bit harder than he than he had been when he first got here. He's. I feel like he sits around ninety five, ninety six now. When before it was like ninety two, ninety three. So maybe they're. I mean, hey, Brent Strom is here, and I've always said about the Astros when they got Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton and Justin Verlander, who already threw hard. They, those guys already threw pretty hard, but. It seemed like when they got to Arizona, when they got to Houston, Brent Strom and the pitching staff was just like, hey, why don't you guys throw 100 miles an hour now? Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, Ex- we'll try that. Except for Dallas Keuchel. He he could never throw that hard. Right. Um, but, man, Zach Gallon, I mean, 41 and a third scoreless innings in a row. If he pitches one more scoreless inning, he will pass Brandon Webb's club record of 42 consecutive scoreless innings. And he's he's supposed to pitch. He's a ways away from the Oral Hershiser record. Fifty two. It's in the fifties, but something like that. But I think he's like currently eighth all time or something like that. Yeah, and like I'm, he's not far off. Right. It's it's a it's a very good streak. It's 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 pretty unheard of now too. I mean, I think he's probably a top. He's definitely a top ten starting pitcher in baseball this season. He, I think it's hard to argue that. Yeah. I mean, Justin Verlander in the American League is going to win the Cy Young. But also in the American League, Shane McClanahan's been really Dylan good. Dylan Cease has Dylan been good. Dylan Cease. Alec Manoa's been really good. Has Shane Bieber? I feel like Shane Bieber's had a decent year. Not on that level. But not level. great. Not on that level. Garrett Cole's been pretty good. Framber Valdez is kind of a guy similar to Gallon in yeah. that he doesn't have overwhelming stuff, sure. but he has like, like 20 something straight quality starts, <laughs> which is insane. Um, in the National League, you probably got a couple more names. Sandy Alcantara, yeah. Julio Urias, Tony Gonsolin, who has a few less innings but still is in the mix. I mean, Zach Gallen's right there. Yeah. He's in the top 10 right now in Major League Baseball. So, at least this season. I'll ask the question, see what you have to say. Is Zach Gallen a legitimate Cy Young candidate this year in the National League? Yes, because he's in the National League where he doesn't have to face Verlander because he's having clearly or, the or best Cease season. Or Manoa. Right. But <sighs> Sandy Alcantara is a little more impressive to me. And I and it's funny because they used to be teammates, right? Or at least in the same yes. organization. They well here's they another, actually here's were the another same th- trade, right? Here's that's what I was gonna say. They were both in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. That's right. And they were traded to Miami for Marcelo Zuna. So they were both. Did Ozuna do anything of note in St. Louis? Not really. So that was a pretty good. That win was a for pretty good Car- trade uh, for the Marlins. Marlins yes, yeah. and then obviously, Gallon goes to Arizona for Jazz Chisholm, right. and Alcantara is one of the best pitchers in the entire ma- entire Major League Baseball right now. I love that people want to have the conversation. I mean, we even talked about it a couple months ago, like who won the trade between the Marlins and the D-backs. Right, right. And I talked about this on my weekend show this past weekend, like. If you feel like you got really good value in the trade, then who cares right. who won the trade? I mean, I think both Jazz teams... Jazz is gone. I think both teams won. 
Yeah. To be fair. I and mean, if you're the Marlins, you got Jazz Chisholm, and that's an exciting player. Who cares how good Zach Gallon well, is? And at that point, too, I mean, at, at this point right now, it looks like the Diamondbacks are are probably more of the winners because Jazz Chisholm has been hurt for a long time now. It's, he's been out for the last couple months. He was supposed to play in the All-Star game, I think, and he didn't even make it there. So, um, And, of course, Zach Gallon is on this ridiculous run. I mean, dude, he's – I I think <laughs> – I don't know what Alcantara's numbers are. I don't know if you have, I have them. them. Okay, what are they? Um, Give them to me. Here's why I think Alcantara will win over Gallon. He's got 190 innings and two thirds, and Zach Gallon has a 152. So he's pitched almost 40 innings more than Gallon already, and his yeah. ERA is lower. And I think a reason for that too is, I feel like I don't I don't know the number, but I feel like. Sandy Alcantara has multiple complete games this year. He has 19 quality starts, 12 wins, if you care about wins, 170 strikeouts. It's actually kind of low when you consider he's pitched 190 innings. Uh huh. But it's like Gallon, right? Like we talked about, he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but he throws hard Gallen, and he gets guys out. Gallon's at 152 strikeouts and 152 and two thirds innings pitched. Yeah. So he's averaging a little under. A strikeout per inning. Don't get me wrong. I think it's close. I mean, Gallon has a slightly lower whip by .08, but Alcantara has a slightly lower ERA by .06. And, so it, it's pretty close, a, but Alcantara a, has the innings advantage. And it's a product, and the innings is a product of the situation they're in. I mean, very rarely with the Arizona Diamondbacks do we see a, a starting pitcher even come out for the eighth inning. True. You know? I mean, there was a start um, that Zach Gallon had... Uh, which one was it recently? I think it was the start against the Phillies, I want to say. I don't know the pitch count, but there was a start recently in his last three or four starts where he was at like 80, 80-something pitches after seven innings, and he didn't get to go back out for the eighth inning. You know, So uh, that's just not how Torrey Lovello runs his pitching staff. I mean, okay, here, the last time he pitched into the eighth inning on August 18th against the San Francisco Giants, he went seven and a third. And then they took him out in the eighth inning. I'll say this much. I that's, think that's probably why he, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking through his entire, all his starts this year. He has gone into the seventh inning only uh, one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so a bunch of times. Nine times. All right, that's pretty good though. Um, I will say this: I thought if, it was less. If Zach Gallen not he doesn't only get past the seventh, not inning, only sets the franchise record, but if he somehow either eclipses or comes close to the all-time record in Major League Baseball for scoreless innings, then I think you have a storyline and a narrative to build a Cy Young case. Like I was even looking at some guys who have like a half a run higher ERA, mm-hmm. but they've struck out fifty more guys, like a Corbin Burns or a Carlos Rodon. Like they've got a two point nine ERA instead of two point four. Yeah, but they've struck out two hundred guys, and we still have three weeks of the season left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like even they've got a case for Cy Young if they get two hundred and thirty strikeouts. And if I don't really care too much about this stat, but if you if they do still take wins into accountability, like you said, Alcantara has twelve, right? Yeah, Gallon's got eleven. 
Yeah. And he only has two losses. 11's he's not a, that much. He's though. 11 and 2. 11's not that much. Is 12 really that much more, though? No, it's not, but I'm not building my case for Alcantara on wins. I also don't, because I don't, I don't even like the win stat. I no. don't like it, because a relief pitcher, like... That's a team stat. Like, a closer can come in and blow a save... And then in the top of the ninth inning, and then if the team, if their team walks it off in the bottom of the ninth, they get the win. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, like, I'd rather look at quality starts. Quality starts is my is is a real. I think for me, it's, and I don't get into like the heavy analytics because I don't really understand them all. <laughs> I I look at quality starts, ERA, WHIP, strikeouts. Yeah, that's pretty Those much what basics, I look at. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think he's right there, um, and. If we're also, I hate this argument, but if you're talking about like playoff, like with the MVP race, we'll get into this a little bit later too. But with the MVP race, there are some people that make the argument, well, the MVP should be on a playoff team. This, you don't really have to factor that in because the best pitcher in the National League is Sandy Alcantara by all the numbers, and he's on a horrible team. Right. And the Diamondbacks aren't horrible this year. They're actually respectable. Better than the Marlins. Um, yeah, they're definitely better than the Marlins. Um, so Gallon's got that going for him too, I guess. So like, he doesn't have to compete with, you know, with the Justin Verlander type guy who's on the Astros, who are in first place, and he's obviously having a way better year. But so I think that's in his favor. I think he has, but I tend to agree with you too. Like, I don't think Brandon Webb passing Brandon Webb's record, club record, will be like, oh yeah, Cy Young stuff. The nation if, doesn't care about if that. If he gets. I don't think he has to tie it or surpass it, but I think it would help if he got close to Hershiser's yeah. record. I don't think he necessarily has to pass it to like be the Cy Young candidate, but getting close wouldn't help. All right, or so, would help, I should say. So I'll ask you the real question I wanted to get to. And I know the answer to this, but I want to okay. I want to know yours. Okay. Where does Zach Gallen rank all time among Diamondback starting pitchers? Ooh. I have my answer, well, but I want to know yours. My number one is Randy Johnson. How can it not be? Because, of course. He won four straight Cy Young Awards. It's hard. I know he wasn't here as long, but it's hard to argue against Kurt Schilling as the number two because he was just so freaking good when he was here. I mean, him and Randy were co-World, co-World Series MVPs. When's the last time that's happened? Yeah. I can't really think off the top of my head. It's probably happened before. But In a Diamondbacks uniform, too, uh, Kurt Schilling had two second-place finishes in the Cy Young Award. No, no yes, wins in Arizona because Randy but, won them. Right, yeah. right. That, that was, and they've talked about that all the time. Like they used each other as competition. Like when if Kurt went out there and threw seven scoreless innings, Randy wanted to go out there the next day and throw eight. It's easily one of the best game. pitching duos of all time. It's, oh, easily, arguably, it, it's probably top five. And I think Randy, personally speaking, and I'm trying not to be as biased as possible sure. here. He's probably the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time and definitely the most intimidating yeah. pitcher of all time. And that's not just so, personality, but also stuff. Right. And lack of he accuracy. Had every, <laughs> he had everything. I mean, he was he was mean. He was huge. He was six foot He's ten. He's the tallest player in the league's history. He threw 100 miles an hour with a wicked slider. He had the... He looked just like he wanted to kill you every time he was on the mound. Like he had everything. His teammates. He had the long hair that was nasty hair. Like yeah, Um, he was getting advice from Nolan Ryan. Right. Nolan Ryan didn't want to give people advice. Right. But he he did. did, Randy. But he did. uh, While they were still in the same division, so that was weird. That is weird. Uh, But 
So going back to your question, um, okay, so you so got Randy. I think one, I have Kurt Randy two. one, Kurt two. Yeah, okay. I mean that's an obvious three for me. Then I think the third is Webb. It has to be because he. I mean, he won a Cy Young award and had two second place finishes. Yes, um, and he had, of course, the forty-two consecutive scoreless inning streak in 07. Um He was unhittable. In 06 and 07, man, just I always think about Brandon Webb. What could have been if he just didn't get hurt? Yeah. My goodness. How long would he have? First of all, how long would he have been here? I don't know. Who knows? Um, That's always the question. But man, how good would the Diamondbacks have been if he had just been healthy? Because he was that was just kind of the beginning of his prime in 09 when he got hurt on opening day in 2009. He never pitched in a major league game again after that. Um, but after that, Web at three. After that, it's kind of we kind of take a nosedive a little bit. I think. See, here's what um, I think. One is obvious, Randy. Yes. Two and three are Web and Schilling in some order. Sure. We both think Schilling interchangeable, two and then possibly. I think four and five are pretty close too. I mean, it's he hasn't been here for too long. Gallon might be number four. I have a different number four. Who's your number four? The other Zach G. Granky. Zach Granky. Really. Okay. Granky, four. What do you have? Four and a half years here, and I know the first year did not go well, especially when you consider the contract that they handed out to him. But Granky was consistently their best pitcher by a long shot. His numbers are actually better than Zach Gallen's numbers in his time in Arizona. Plus, he's you know got more time on the mound than Gallen did, so he acquired a lot of statistics that way. Yeah, Zach Greinke, I think right now you can say he was the better Diamondback. Long term, Gallen will likely surpass him. Yeah, I mean, Greinke was here for four years, four seasons, 55 and 29, a 3.40 ERA, and 114 starts. Yeah. yeah and then I think Zach Gallen is fifth. I mean... Um, I think Gallon is fifth, and then Dan Heron is uh, sixth. His, oh, by the way, his whip in Arizona, his four years average whip was one point. Uh, where I just lost it, one point zero nine. Granky, yeah, yeah. That's why I have him fourth. It's very good. That's why I have him. Fourth. Yeah, you can argue that. I would accept that. Gallon is five. Dan Heron is six. I love. And Dan, Dan Heron's pretty close behind, but he again, he's got more innings. So I did this. Research too. Zach Gallon is eighth all time in a Diamondbacks uniform in pitching war. War, of course, being wins above replacement. If you replaced him with an average player, how many less games would you win? Basically, is yeah. what that stat means. Uh-huh. He's eighth all time in a crude war pitching in a Diamondbacks uniform. All seven of the guys ahead of him have at least one hundred and ninety-five more innings than him. Meaning that they a lot of those guys on the list, like Miguel Bautista, mm-hmm. Patrick Corbin. And a couple of other guys, Robbie Ray is on that list. They're ahead of him only because they pitched longer, because they were utilized for a long time, not because they were better pitchers. Corbin's numbers are nowhere near Zach Allen's numbers. Robbie Ray's numbers, except for strikeouts, he did have a lot of strikeouts. But, you know, the whip was super high and the ERA was high. Miguel Bautista wasn't like a stud. They just pitched here a long time. Zach yeah. Gallen is already a top five pitcher in Diamondbacks history. And he's only got two years of service time. Let's hope he's here for a long time. I mean, he's not a free agent until 2026. Yeah, he's arbitration eligible. I'm there. They should pay him. Um, but you never know with this team sometimes. Um, man, that would stink. But uh, he's top five. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, 
I agree. I no, agree he's, with you. He's really far from Randy Johnson. Sure. He's really far from Kurt Schilling. And I think he's still a ways from Brandon Webb. But, I mean, could he be a better Diamondback than Zach Granke? Yeah, I think that's possible. You know, how, in a couple years we could be having that You know talk. how on Baseball Reference, when you just search a team, yeah. it gives you their top 12 players sure. of all time. Is that by war? I believe it is. I think it is, yeah. Um, so here's how they, they're just all players. Okay, so position included. Yes, Randy okay. Johnson is one. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt, two. Yeah. Brandon Webb is three. I buy into that, yeah. Then we have Luis Gonzalez, uh-huh. and then Kurt Schilling, five. Yeah, that's that's about right. Here's the shocker for me. At six, A.J. Pollock. Interesting. And then, and then Granky. Well, there was that 2017 season for Pollock that was just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah. Um, Gold glove, did, too. Defense, he, yeah. He did play here a while. He did. But he missed a lot of time, too. I would have guessed like a Steven Drew or Justin Upton there. Somebody who played like at six years or something. That's what I would have guessed. Here's the shocker okay. for me. Cattell Marte is ninth on this list. Again, I mean, 2019. I, he's I guess. he's top five in MVP voting. I mean, you could have one amazing season and that war just shoots up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the Diamondbacks have only been around for like, what, 25 years? I think it's like 25-ish. So it's not like they yeah. have like a sure. plethora of history to back them up. Dan Heron's on this list too at 10. So, yeah, he deserves to be in that I love Dan Heron when he was here, man. He was very good here. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. He was here for three years. Man, he was never around a team for more than three years. That's what's holding that him crazy? back from being number five on my list. He just didn't have the longevity he in was, a Diamondbacks he was thir- uniform. He was 37 and 26 with a 3.56 ERA here with a 1.13 whip. So he's pretty good. But that that's a shocker to me. He was never on a team longer than three seasons. He was in mm. a Diamondbacks uniform for three years, Oakland A's for three, the Angels for three, the Cardinals for two, the Dodgers for one year, the Cubs for one year, the Washington Nationals for one year, and the Marlins for a year. God, I don't even remember most of those, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like he fell off. He started off. After the Angels. I didn't even know he was on the on the Marlins. He started off in St. Louis, and of course the D-backs acquired him from Oakland. And then they traded him to the Angels for Patrick Corbin and Tyler Skaggs. So we'll see if Zach Allen so, can yeah. eclipse the new record. Maybe I, if he does that, maybe he shoots up this list sooner than rather than later. I yeah, and I do think he has a legit chance at the at the Cy Young Award this year. It's a chance. I think he has a shot. He's not out of it. No, no, yeah. no, no. He's not. It, for me, um, I don't know everyone's numbers that like Corbin Burns and you know all those guys, but. For me, I think it's Alcantara, and I mean, if Zach Gallen keeps going on this this tear that he's on, like he doesn't have to give up zero runs for the rest of the season. The thing he but, has going for him, like particularly if you look at the two Dodgers, Urias and Gonsolin, yeah, neither of them have very many innings. Right. Urias is at one forty five, which is really only like seven less than Gallen, but it is less. I, isn't and Gonsolin's Gonsolin, at one twenty eight, and he's injured. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't he on the injured list yeah, right now? So he's yeah. not going up. And I mean, what? There's only like. For some of these guys, there's only, what, two or three more starts left this season? Right. So, Max Freed has very similar numbers to Gallon. He's very underrated, Max Freed. He has very similar numbers. I mean, like innings, strikeouts, quality starts, wins. He's very close in most of those categories. Yeah. And then you're right. You're, then you're probably looking down the list at like a Scherzer, 
Uh, Scherzer's still very good, too. Could they he's get, also on the could they? No, that wouldn't be fair if they just gave it. I mean, DeGrom, since he's come back, has been ridiculous. Do you? Okay, this is a, like a real off-the-wall one. Do you give it to Spencer Strider? <laughs> Spencer Strider, he, that dude is He only crazy. has 120 innings, yeah, which is like 30 less than Gallon. That's because he strikes out everybody, and his he pitch has count 183 goes up. strikeouts Holy in 120 crap. innings. Crap! His ERA is 2.69, a WHIP under one. I mean, wow. he's only got nine quality starts, but again, he's a rookie and he's only pitched 120 innings. Well, yeah. The reason he only has nine quality starts is because if you look at his strikeouts, he's throwing a ton of pitches, so he can't. He's not going deep into games. He might be the but best pitcher in the National League. He, yeah, dude, that kid is super talented. He's and nuts. I don't, I didn't even know who he was until this year. I had no idea who Spencer Strider was. It's a tight conversation. I don't think there's a clear cut winner in the National League, but Alcantara has the innings advantage. Yeah, 190 innings. So he's going to hit 200 in the next like week and a half. I think even though he's been really good since coming back, I think I don't think they would give it to Jacob DeGrom just because of the innings thing. Like you said, he missed, what, three months of the season? He always does. So Yeah. Um, I wish that dude would stay A lot healthy. of guys at the so top of the list so are injured. McClanahan in the American League, Verlander in the American League. Yeah. Those guys are on the IL, too. Um, speaking of uh, pitching, the Diamondbacks' bullpen continues to blow games. Yeah. I mean, it's just really bad. They brought in Mark Melanson on a two-year $14 million deal in free agency because he led the league in saves with the Padres last year. At this point, give him back to the Padres, or I don't really care. Um, Melanson just cannot get a save. He cannot close a game to save his life right now. Ian Kennedy has not done much better. If not, he's been worse lately. It's been said, Gambo said he expects that neither of those guys will be trusted with a save opportunity, at least in the near future. Yeah. And that the team might look at Caleb Smith or Maranta at some point, who's a relative newcomer. Hold on. What? Caleb Smith? Yeah. That guy. Remember him? What? Okay. um, I'll say this. If it's not Big Daddy Reyes Maranta, we riot. I love that guy. (laughs) That dude, he... He is just like he is. He is just represents the everyman. This the guy who has got the Why, total. He's big. Yeah, he's fat. Okay. He's so, but he's so good. <laughs> he's so good though. I love him. He throws like ninety seven miles an hour. He's huge. He's like two hundred and sixty pounds. He's only five foot ten. He man, I I do, I like him. His but. pitching style reminds me of Fernando Rodney a little bit. Yes. Is that fair? Yes. That's a good uh, comparison. It's a pretty good comp, I That's think. I'm not comparison. saying he's going to have the success that Fernando... I mean, he played in the league a long, long time. Uh, yeah, I would love to try Maranta at this point. I, I Just just don't give me Melanson. Don't give me Kennedy anymore. I don't want to see them pitch at the end of games. Even Joe Mantiply, like looking up the numbers, I know he was an all-star this year. Joe Mantiply has not been good in clutch situations. I will say this about Mark Melanson. Okay? He has pitched in 20 games... In save situations. This season? Yes. Only 20? He has 17 saves in 20 save situation appearances. Yeah. Here's the problem. Okay. When he is thrown into non-save situations, he ha- he's 3-7. and seven. He has a 6.84 ERA. Ugh. 6.84 with a 1.78 whip. I don't like it. Horrible. Yeah. And for some reason... He get he keeps getting put in non safe situations, right? And I get the whole. This is a this is a strategy that dates back to forever. 
when you're at home and you're tied in the ninth inning, you've pitched your closer because otherwise he's not going to pitch at all. It's still kind of like a high leverage situation. It's in the ninth inning. You just throw your closer because you don't want to waste another arm. And that's been done a lot with Mark Melanson this year. He has, think about this. I just told you, he has 20 games in safe situations this year. I thought it would be more. How many games has he pitched in non-safe situations? 31. 31. Interesting. 31. He's only finished 22 of those appearances. Oh, that's really interesting stat. Yes. That's bad. So when he comes in, thirty in nine of those appearances, he has not finished the inning. Although, I suppose a lot of those situations could be in innings other than the final inning. Sure. So, so now because somebody could come in after you. Yesterday, Wednesday, he came in in the seventh inning. Right. So that has been accounted for here. So, but what Gambo says, he's reported that he has heard that Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson will no longer be getting save opportunities for this team. I'm cool with it. I I am too, because what are you trying to do here? You're trying to win games, right? And they're not doing it. I mean, I'm not, I'm still in the camp where I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but. As our our buddy Mitch Vereldis, who really thinks that they're going to make the playoffs, pointed out, if they had just won these games in San Diego, I believe the Giants and Brewers lost their series, uh, this this their past series this week. So they would have gained a whole game on San Diego, San Francisco, and Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. I mean, not saying that they would have put them in there. It wouldn't have, but they'd probably be closer. They'd be what? Maybe six and a half games out as opposed to, I think they're eight right now. Right. Um, So I I am okay with, and let's just get this out of the way because this is just how it is. Mark Melan, I mean, Melanson might be here next year because he's owed $7 million. Ian Kennedy is not going to be on this team next year, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Um, I wouldn't expect it. I just, it just didn't work out. Um, it, the the two 40-year-old relievers at the back end of the bullpen, I understood what they were trying to do when they did this. And in a year where you didn't expect to contend. Right, anyway. they're trying to sol- just shore up the back end of their bullpen. I get it. It didn't work. It did not work. I think I I don't know about Caleb Smith. He's actually, to his credit, been very good since coming off the injured list. When he, what he he punched, I believe the word was the phrase was he punched something he shouldn't have punched and fractured his non-throwing hand. That's like uh, um, who's that guy on the on the Guardians? Zach Plesac punching the dirt on the mound. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I Who did. Who does that? Last year, last he just year, punched the mound. Last year or two years ago, Huascar Yanoa from the Braves punched a brick wall in the dugout. Very smart, you morons. Very smart. Amari Stoudemire yeah. punched a fire <laughs> extinguisher case or whatever he did. Well, maybe He's there was stupid. a fire bear. No, did yeah, you think about that? No, there was a fire <laughs> after that was lit up under his ass. But I mean. Jeez, what are you, you idiots? The dirt, Zach, please, like the dirt is hard. Yep. It's not like a soft, pillowy no. pile of dirt. No, not usually. You Ask know? Shelby Miller. He knows how hard the dirt on the mound is. Yeah. <laughs> He's familiar. Ouch. Um, Scraping knuckles. But yeah, anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. I don't uh, know. <laughs> At this point, it doesn't matter. It was so funny. But yeah. Uh, here's here's what I'll say. I, 
we've talked ad nauseum about how many good young starting pitchers the Diamondbacks have in triple and double A, which is a good thing, right? And we've seen a bunch of them come up. Tommy Henry's been up and he's been pitching, uh, although he got rocked in his most recent start. Ryan Nelson came up this week and made his major league debut and was pretty impressive. He made some sort of history. I believe it was like the first pitcher since like the early 1900s to pitch seven scoreless innings without walking anyone and striking out seven. He was very effective. Good way to start it off. I know he was jacked up on adrenaline early. He was throwing like 98 in the first couple innings. It backed off a little bit to like 95, but I'll take it, man. Well, and that was exciting. I'm I'm just excited. We're seeing the prospects, the top prospects that that aren't Drew Jones because he's a ways away. And Jordan Lawler, he's still a couple years away probably too, but at least a year. We're we're seeing Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll, and now Ryan Nelson, Tommy Henry. I'm just excited about all these young guys. I mean, Tommy Henry, yeah, he had a he's had a couple rough stars recently, but I like him. I think he's he's a good pitcher. I think he's got decent stuff if he just executes. Doesn't throw overly hard, but he's in the lower 90s, which is fine for a left-handed pitcher. Um, he's got a good curveball when he can locate and execute his pitches, but I just think he he pounds the strike zone. So that's what you that's what you want. And then Ryan Nelson comes up and he's just throwing smoke up against um, the Padres, who are really talented. Um, they're underperforming right now. Don't get yeah. us wrong, but Juan Soto, by the way, has been horrible. <laughs> he's been freaking awful. Um, I think I sent you and that. And he's been awful against the D-backs, too. I sent you that uh, that meme that put the numbers of Juan Soto next to the numbers of Jose Siri. And uh, yeah, Siri's yeah, like way yeah. better in the, since the right. de- trade deadline. And I was like, future Hall of Famer, right. Jose Siri. The guy who was in a pack, in the one, one of the guys who's in the package for Soto is having a way better oh, I'm sure. second half than oh, Soto. Sure. And of course, Josh Hader has been a dumpster fire. But. I think... If anything, some of these pitching prospects that are still to come, I mean, there's Dre Jamison's a good one. Uh, Blake Walston is a good one. Uh, Brandon Fott has been amazing in Reno, and nobody pitches well in Reno and because it's he a actually has league. a decent ERA, doesn't he? Oh, it's in under Reno. two <laughs> in Reno. I mean, Ryan Nelson's was over five in Reno. <laughs> in Reno. Yeah, I know. So, um, and he's comes up here and carves up the Padres. I think a couple of those guys probably end up being relievers long term. It's just how things work. Remember, Archie Bradley was the number one sure. pitching prospect in baseball. Yep. Yep. Ended up being a reliever and a pretty good one. I don't think that he ever lived up to the expectation he had as a prospect, but he was pretty good in a Diamondbacks uniform. I'm pretty sure I was at Archie's first big league start. I'm pretty sure I was in attendance. And you know what? Because it was against against Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers, and he won. He was okay for a while. Then he got hit in the face, and he lost his confidence. They brought him back slow as a reliever, and it worked out, and they just kept him in that role. Right. That's what happened. And then they refused to call him a closer for like a year and a half, (laughs) even though we all knew he was the closer, because he was closing. Yeah. Uh, um, but I think that some of those young guys will become relievers. You just got to wait because you got to figure out if they're worth yeah, being a starter. You first. hope that they work out as starters. I think that's the hope. Yeah. Um, and when they don't, maybe one of them who's a hard thrower, you like, put in the bullpen like, and all of a sudden, yeah, like you, something. you and I have been taught, we were texting earlier and we were both like, maybe the guy, if it doesn't work out as a starter, who might make a good reliever. We had a couple guys. You said Blake Walston. Yeah, he's a hard throwing lefty. I, I said Dre Jameson. He's a hard throwing um, righty. If they're looking for late inning relief. 
relief. So, by the way, if you're if you're in the Diamondbacks, you should probably plan on if you're if you decide to have a pitcher make his major league debut, you should probably have them face the San Diego Padres because last year Tyler Gilbert threw a no hitter in his first big league start against the Padres, and then Ryan Nelson this year destroys them and just carves them up like a ham. So, um, I think bullpen help is going to come two ways. It's going to come from some of these young guys who are just going to have to have a proving ground and that'll be the bullpen and then it'll also come in free agency yes i mean there's always the chance you trade but trades for relievers usually come mid-season when yeah you're a contender. Wh- right exactly not I, the other and, way and i go back to like the cubs trading for a role chapman and uh yeah the, the the cleveland indians back then guardians now trading for andrew miller correct yeah um but yeah i mean i feel like they should spend some money on the bullpen um because they don't need to have a Rockies offseason where they no, go and get three guys worth twenty million each or whatever. It would be nice if they did that and they worked out, but the whole it Rockies plan didn't, didn't work for them. No, um, but because I think a lot of these guys in the bullpen this year are not are, are candidates to not come back next year. Like you know, like Noe Ramirez, he started out good, but he's kind of been bad lately. Um, I don't know what. If they bring back Caleb Smith, I don't know. If, I don't even know if a guy like Reyes Maranta will be here next year. I think he will, um, but because he throws hard and he's pitched pretty well. Is but there, are there enough I don't guys know. in the bullpen to say that he's going to get pushed out? I don't think so. No, they just I mean, DFA'd Noe Ramirez. I thought he was probably their oh, fourth that's best. Right. Re- I forgot they. He DFA'd was like their fourth Noe best Ramirez. reliever on the team this season. Yeah, so he's Nobody's not. Safe. He's not coming back next year. Nobody's safe. Um, I think. I think Kyle Nelson will probably be in the bullpen. He's been decent in the bullpen this year. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't, again, I think, I still think Mark Melanson will be here next year because they owe him $7 million. Yeah. No one's going to trade for him. It, he's going to be 41, I think, next year. Um, It'd be really bad if they bought him out. And when I say eat. really bad, I also mean like really good. Eat. <laughs> like it would stink it would that be you just bad. eat the money for nothing. It would be bad perception wise with yeah, the money. Exactly. But it would se- it would send a message saying, hey, we value winning baseball games. And, and this, this guy hasn't happening. really helped us win baseball games. No. Um and seven million, it's it's a decent amount of money for a relief pitcher like him, but Let's not pretend that they wouldn't just buy that contract. I mean, the, I mean, the Angels bought out Upton. Justin Upton got cut in spring training. He was making yeah, like thirty million. But you know what? The Diamondbacks' current payroll is in the eighty million range. Yeah, seven million's like a lot. An eighth, yeah. of your payroll. <laughs> a <lot. laughs> like, a, yeah. So my point being that, are you really gonna do that to that big chunk of your? No, I think they'll just keep him. I think they'll just keep him. Yeah, probably what ends up happening. Just don't make him the closer next year. Hey, are you Team Judge or Team Otani in the MVP discussion? I think I lean towards Team Judge. So here's what you have, right? You have Aaron Judge, who is hitting home runs every other day and is chasing what a lot of people consider the legitimate home run record. I'm putting that in air quotes. Roger Maris is 61 homers in a season, as opposed to the Barry Bonds 73. Because everyone was on steroids. Yeah, he cheated. Yeah. Um, So Aaron Judge is doing this miraculous thing, and it's a great story, and it's with the most storied franchise in league history with the Yankees, and he's a free agent at the end of this season, so that plays a role in all of this, and the Yankees were dominant for the first half of the season, and they sucked ever since. So that's that coin, uh, the, or that side of the coin. The other side is Otani, who is having a very nice year, by the way. 
A guy who is as good on offense as he is pitching, he's as good at pitching as pretty much anybody (laughs) in his league, and he does both. But it's the same story we saw last year. It was amazing when it happened last year. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He's doing it again. I'm here to tell you he's doing it again, but nobody's talking about it. Is it because we've already? I was going to say, is it literally just because we've seen it so recently too? But that's not fair to Otani, who is doing it. Yeah, so he's he's still doing things that we've never seen done in Major League Baseball before. So I had a friend the other day who said to me, "What? So what, Steve? You're just going to give Otani the the MVP award every year?" If and he I was like, it. if he keeps doing the same stuff, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be hypocritical not to? So let me put it to you this way. Okay. Here's the best way I can frame my argument for Otani. And I'm not anti-judge, by the way. Right. He's doing unbelievable things in his He's own right. He's fantastic clearly season. the best hitter in baseball this year. Otani, if you look at war, war is not everything. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. But if you look at his pitching war and his hitting war separately, he has higher hitting war than Pete Alonzo, who has over 100 RBIs. Mm-hmm. And his pitching war is higher than Max Scherzer. <laughs> Those are two separate statistics. Right. He's he's if Max Scherzer next season in spring training, right at the beginning of the season decides I'm going to be a hitter too now. <laughs> and we all laugh and we go, "Oh, that's yeah. cute, Max. Yeah. Nice try." And he goes out and he hits more home runs and drives in more runs than Pete Alonso. We're all going to be blown away, right? Yeah. That would be unbelievable. Like that's not going to happen, right? That's what Shohei Otani is doing. Shohei Otani is doing that right now. <laughs> that's what he's doing. He is literally the most dirty pitcher. It's insane. (laughs) He's throwing splitters that are unbelievable. He's got breaking stuff. His fastball is unhittable. He hits hits balls 100 miles an hour or more, and he also throws balls 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, he's incredible. And I, I, I know the judge argument. I get the judge argument. It's just that people rally and vote around storylines and narratives. Yeah. Judge has an incredible story. He's chasing Roger Maris. He's a Yankee. Right. He's got all that going for the him. The Yankees right? are in first place and all that stuff. He's got a really good story. Yeah. I love his story. Yeah. Shohei Otani has a better story. It's just that you heard that story last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it was like, told already very like recently. Two really good bedtime stories you would read to your kids and it's just a little less special if you read the same one on back-to-back nights. You know what I mean? That's what this is. Otani's doing something that nobody's ever done before. Actually, that's not true. One person did it before and it was him last year. <laughs> it's a continuation of the story from last year. I don't know why we have to look at the MVP award as if like, okay, hard reset. Like, no, he's still doing something absolutely unbelievable. We don't need to consider his statistics from last season, but we can consider the fact that he's doing something no one's ever done. That's my argument for Shohei Otani. He's two all-stars and in one. I, I appreciate your very passionate argument for Shohei Otani, but Aaron Judge is still going to win the okay. award. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know he will. And, and you know what? And because of the narrative in the story, he probably deserves to. Well, I mean, too, I, he's hitting he's hitting over 300. He's hitting 301. Yeah. 55 home runs, 118 RBIs. I mean, he he is... Uh, what's And to even add to the storyline, too... Dude's going to be a free agent next year. I know. He might not even be. Think about this. He might get $300 million. Yeah, he might. 
as a New York Yankee, he might break Roger Maris's single season record 61? 61, 61 61 I think yeah. So he only he only needs 7 more home runs to pass it. He's he, currently on a better pace than he Maris, might, yeah. He might do that and then leave. He might leave the Yankees. It's possible. I mean, they might. They, I don't know. He's 30 years old. He's had injury problems in the past, so who knows if they're going to pay, pay him that money. They should. He's their entire offense, really. Where else if, would he go? If you take away Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees and just really look at that team, ew. I mean, okay, I hear that argument. No, I'm not saying that against Shohei Otani. No, no, no. But, but man. But also, if you had said that two months ago, I would disagree, right? Because two months ago, they were the best team in baseball. And they were dominating. And they had the best defense in that and infield in the entire league. Yeah. Kiner Falefa was great. Josh Donaldson was great. They had all these guys playing really, really well, right? But now they suck. I would still argue that Judge was still the one making it go. Yeah, because Josh Donaldson, like, bring up Donaldson, like, yeah, he was okay. He's not he was having okay. a good year. Kiner Falefa can't hit. He's a really good defensive player, though. Yes. DJ LeMayhew is okay. Glaber Torres is having an okay season. Anthony Rizzo started out really hot, and he's kind of cool off, and I think he's injured, too. Stanton has been hurt for a long time. He just came back. So, but like if you Ben Intendi hits for a good average, but he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. Aaron Hicks is okay. Blah blah blah. He was a waste of money. Yeah. So especially if you were going to make I the st- Bader I trade. Still, I know. I still. They think, had the worst trade deadline, by the way. I mean, Frankie Montas is a good get. Yeah, but they traded but for they, Bader, who hasn't played. They and they traded Jordan Montgomery away in that trade. Who's been, been great? Probably the best pitcher in the National League. He, and since he then. was good before they traded him. Yeah. He's been even better since going to St. Louis, but they did not get better. At the no, moment. they didn't. Um, I don't think. Yeah, no, they didn't really. I mean, Montas is a good piece, but you, 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 basically, you added a piece and took one away. So right, you're still back where you started. Like they needed starting pitching, you traded one of your better ones away. It didn't make any sense. Um, I still think just the story is probably going to win Aaron Judge the MVP. It will. It's probably not exactly fair to Shohei Otani because. He's doing things that nobody else does. He is, by the way, he's not just a pitcher on a team and a hitter. He is the best hitter on the Angels, and he is the best pitcher on the Angels. No, 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 no. You're not hearing me. He's a top five pitcher in baseball. So he's, yeah, he's He's not just a good angel. I'll I'll rephrase. He is one of the best hitters in baseball. Yes. And he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yes. And thank you for man. making my argument for me. That was so nice I, of you. I, I mean, I think Aaron Judge is going to win it. Yeah, because I mean, and it's a stupid argument, and I don't necessarily agree with it. But the Yankees are in first place, and they're going to probably have the best record in the American League, and he has a lot to do with that. I just, I, I've never really liked the whole well, the MVP should be on a playoff team. Why? Yeah. Why though? That, I mean, well, I hear that argument sometimes the, too. Most, if he's the best player in the sport, how is he not the MVP? Just because it's not Otani's fault that the Angels don't know how to build a roster. Here's how somebody worded it to me the other day. They said, "Steve, if you take Judge off of the Yankees, they go from a good team to a bad team. If you take Otani off, me, I just said that. But if you take Otani <laughs> off the Angels, they go from a bad team to a bad team. Horrible. Team. They don't change. And I said, yeah, 
That's not you, his fault. Are though. you really going to judge an individual award that you're giving to someone based on how good or bad their teammates are? Exactly. They don't pick their teammates. Right. And they also don't decide if those teammates do well or not. It's not Shohei Otani's fault that the Angels don't know how to get pitching and that they don't know how to build a roster. I mean, outside of Otani and Mike Trout, I mean, they threw all that money at Anthony Rendon, and he's been horrible since being there. He's been hurt a lot. They have not gone out and got... They they basically like, well, I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, if I'm running the Angels, Shohei Otani, he's probably your best pitcher anyway, but I'm still going out and getting a pitcher because I don't want to put all that pressure on him. Right. You know? And they've never done that. They went out and got, what, Noah Syndergaard this year, and that was it. And then traded him away halfway through the year. Right. They trade him to the Phillies. Basically pulled a Starling Marte for the Diamondbacks. Basically. Yeah. But, I mean, Noah Syndergaard hadn't pitched in like two years. Yeah, before gave him like a one-year, $20 yeah. million dollar deal Stupid. or something. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. They, they, gave, they gave Justin Upton $100 million. Yeah. Da-na-na, da-na-na. One billion. dollars. billion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just a... I mean, and now the Angels are possibly going up for sale. They just don't spend their money wisely. I mean, going back to Albert Pujols. Yeah, he's Albert Pujols, and he had some pretty good seasons for the Angels. I I, I could go further. Josh Hamilton. That was after Pujols got there, wasn't it? C.J. Wilson. Oh, yeah. Remember that deal? Horrible. I mean... I liked C.J. Wilson because I was a Texas kid growing up, and I but he was not worth it. And I kind of wasn't... I was enamored with... Josh Hamilton after that home run derby. Who wasn't? Yeah. I mean. And then he won MVP with the Rangers. Yes. And the two runs to the World Series. So, and I, so I thought that was, I mean, a good get for the Angels, but the problem was he had a drug problem. Yeah. And he fell back into that, unfortunately for him, and it ruined his career. CJ Wilson, he was the closer in Texas. And <laughs> yeah. then they tried for to make while, him yeah. a starting pitcher and it yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Like, he was a good closer too, if he I remember a, right. He was, he was pretty good, a pretty good starter in Texas too. But it didn't work. But in it LA. didn't work in the with the Angels, and it just, I mean, Pujols, that whole deal. I mean, it was a good signing, but the it was bad management of money. Ten years, ten years for a guy who was already thirty three or whatever he was when he right. got there. I mean, and $300 million, oh my gosh. Anthony Rendon, they gave him a lot of money, hasn't been good at all. Is Poulos going to hit 700? I hope so. He's I, chasing 700 home I, runs. He I think he's at 695. 695. <sighs> he's not playing every I day. Haven't, and I haven't heard his name in a while, so he hasn't hit a home run in a while. He hit a uh, he hit a late-inning pinch-hit home run about two days ago, I think, or maybe yesterday. I mean, the Cardinals are trying. They put they haven't they had him pinch hit against Fran Mil Reyes against the Cubs, yeah. and then Reyes hit him in the back. He hit I'm one like, the other dude, day. Come I know. on, I have him on my fantasy team. Okay, because I'm not competitive. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Say, but yeah, he's been really like good. It. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he hit one September fourth. Okay, so that's not that long ago. It's the ninth. Four days ago. Today, four days ago, he hit one. Okay, so yeah, and then he went zero for four against the Nationals, zero for one against the Nationals, and zero for five against the. Yeah, he doesn't play every day. Uh, I don't think he hits. I don't think he gets to seven hundred. I saw a Rod on something the other day, uh, talking about joking about coming back and trying to race. 
because you know a rod has is he at 695 i think he or 696 something like 95, that. 95 i think and he was joking about coming back for the yankees and chasing the yeah home he would come like, back for the yankees in that <laughs> little league field they play in i was like why would the yankees want you back I I made the joke that Albert Pujols shouldn't retire this year, and he should go sign a one year deal with the Rockies and play at Coors Field. Oh, you know you'll get only it there. play in home games against left handed pitchers. He'd beat Babe Ruth if he did that. <laughs> yeah, he'd be forget Barry, about seven hundred Barry, Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're chasing Barry Bonds. You're chasing now. Hank and Barry. I but you know what? Like if he, it's a weird question, but if he in the next two weeks has just like this massive surge of power and he hits like not only five and gets to 700, but then he hits number six and then he hits number seven, like all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself like, maybe I can play another year. Maybe I can go to Colorado. And be I mean, a DH. He is, maybe I can go to yeah. stand, stand St. Louis. If, I mean, he's had a pretty good season. He has. I, he, he has repeatedly said that he's retiring. He has. Yeah. But they honored him at the all-star game. If he, let's. What if he finishes the year at six ninety nine? Oh, are gosh. you really not going to come back? Do we have a Bernie Mac Mister Three Thousand moment <laughs> happening right but, now? Yeah, but then if he does come back, does he hit seven hundred and then retire after the that plate appearance and then just walks out of the dugout and out of the locker room and well, leaves? If cinematic history teaches us anything, <laughs> it's that he would come back in three years from now. <laughs> And he'll be like 50 <laughs> when years he's old. 51. And he will, it'll take him the full season to hit a home run. Yeah. And then he'll hit it in a pennant winning game. I miss Bernie Mac. <laughs> I do too, man. He was great. I That movie was decidedly not good, <laughs> but I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. What was that? Wow. What was the good player's name? I don't remember. Uh, I feel like it was like Pennymaker or something like that. <laughs> what was the guy's name? I'll it was a it really up. bad last I'll name. I'll look it up. The good player on his team. I can't remember. If I'll I'm look it up. All right, you look on. it up. I, I definitely think that the Judge Otani there's, thing. There's T-Rex. T-Rex Pennybaker. Yeah. Is that it? I don't know if that's his last name. I'm on IMDB and it just says T-Rex. There's also Fryman. Is that, is that Travis Sk- Fryman? Skillet. <laughs> T-Rex Pennybaker, I think is what You're it was. You're probably right. I think that's what it was. Interesting. I think you're right. I think Judge wins the MVP, but I, I just like making the Otani argument because I I, I mean, know it's a story we all heard last year. It's still an incredible story. He'll probably be in the MVP race his whole career if he keeps this up. That's the other thing I keep hearing is, well, Steve, if he's decent at both every year, isn't he going to be in the MVP race? I was like, yeah, but here's the thing. He's not decent. He's the best <laughs> yeah, yeah. at both. Yeah. I'm like... I'll let you know when he's just decent and at we, either one. And we always like, like people call him the Japanese Babe Ruth. I don't think Babe Ruth was as good of a pitcher as Shohei Otani is. Uh, Babe Ruth, for his time, you have to put it in context. Sure, he was one of the most dominant pitchers of his time before he ever even started hitting. Okay, I don't actually know the number, but the thing guessing. is, he just didn't do them both didn't at the same it. time for a long and time. He wasn't a. How long was he a pitcher? A handful Babe of Ruth. years, a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't nothing. It wasn't like a one-off right. start or here or there. Right. Like he was a starter for a while and then eventually made the full-time switch to hitting, but clearly that was a good he decision. Was, it was mostly <laughs> when he was at the Red Sox, right? When he was a pitcher? Uh, yeah, I think so. And then when he went to the Yankees. I'd probably, have to look it all they up. They probably yeah. didn't need him to pitch because they were so good that they didn't need him to pitch. No, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, I think that's I think that's an interesting conversation, but I do think Judge will end up winning the MVP. It's a better I, story. I agree. It's a better story. I agree. And Zach Gallen, uh, who knows? His next start, I think, is Sunday, Sunday in Colorado. Against the Rockies, so 
that first inning, you're probably going to get Charlie Blackman. You're probably going to get maybe Jose Iglesias. Jose I don't Iglesias. know. I mean, CJ, it doesn't sound like a hard CJ inning. CJ Crone, if I think he's still healthy, he's pretty good. Well, we know who you're not going to get, and that's Chris Bryant. And it's in Colorado, right? Yes, it is. It's in Coors Field. Oh boy! If he, but if he gets through the first inning scoreless, he passes Brandon Webb. I hope and sets is, Diamondbacks. Is history. Brandon Webb on all the broadcasts? Um, or like select ones. Well, on the road, they. I think. I think like when Bally Sports does their pre and post game, like with Mark Grace and Jody Jackson and Brandon yeah. Webb and all that, and Todd Walsh. That's usually at home. And on the road, I think Jody, whoever the side, whoever the dugout reporter is, either it's Jody or Todd Walsh, they do a quick post game show by themselves. So don't be surprised if Brandon Webb works his way into the broadcast on Sunday. They'll probably. I mean, if, if I don't have inside info on this, I'm just saying if you're the Diamondbacks, <laughs> you have to put Brandon Webb on the broadcast. They might on just Sunday. have him on the phone and just have yeah. him do the game. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you put him in the booth with with Bob and Steve? That's what I would do. Yeah. They should just travel him. Why not? I think so. Why Why wouldn't you? Setting a club record. And you know what? If he doesn't break the record, who cares? still got Brandon Webb. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's cool. I think it would be really cool. Talking about Sankers. And knowing Brandon Webb, like, as minimally as I do, but knowing the person that he is, he's rooting for Zach Gallagher. Sure. Which I think is great. Sure. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Hey, thanks uh, so much for checking out the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. For uh, Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang Podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.